What Cincinnati Bengals receiver is a suddenly must play with the T Higgins news? What Arizona Cardinals need to get in your lineup, given the influx of talent that Arizona now has at the quarterback and running back situation in uh, week 10. Plus we are going to talk to the third place team owners in the 2023 FFPC main event heading into week 10. Peter Puzzo and Paul Texera are going to join us here in about 15 minutes to talk about how they built this team, not only for success over the first two months of the season, but to try to win a $1 million grand prize as well. Farrell Elliott is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts right now. I stand the pressure. I've seen greater men Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now watching the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. Welcome to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for analysis from the best players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Farrell Elliott. Welcome in and happy November 10th to you, uh, everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. Follow me on the X at Eric Balkman. You can also check me out on the Better Sports Network's High Stakes Fantasy Football Show, the Road of His High Stakes Slowdown, and the FFPC as well. I uh, want to remind everybody, if you are looking for some action in the FFPC, maybe your teams have not turned out as well as Peter Puzzo's and Paul Texera's uh, teams have so far this year. That's okay, because you can still win some serious cash with the FFPC Weekly Challenge. Just go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC weekly challenge. It's available right now. You could play in 10 team leagues. If you want to play without kickers and defenses, you can play in 12 team leagues with kickers and defenses. If you want to do that, it's totally up to you. There is no draft. There is no salary cap. There are no convoluted rules. Just choose the 10 players or 12 players, depending upon which format you want to play in by 1 PM on Sunday. And then just uh, watch all those points pile up uh, for you this weekend on your team. Remember, only one player per team. There is no stacking in this contest. You can only have one chief, one dolphin, one ram, one eagle. Not this week because all four of those teams are on by. But one team or one player per team is all you can have at myffpc.com. You can enter for as little as $35. You can play for up to a $2,500 first place prize. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, comment, share, and get notified. I'll bring this up at the um, at the end of the hour as well. But in case you missed it, Tuesday night we had a great Rotoviz high stakes lowdown. It uh, it was myself um, talking to Mark Davidson, a guy who uh, is right up there in the fantasy pros championship, a very very talented high stakes player that has been um, near the top of the leaderboard not only in the fantasy pros championship over the last few years, but the FFPC main event and several of the ancillary leagues the $3,000, $5,000, and $10,000 entry fees as well. So great perspective from Mark Davidson. That was on Tuesday night. You can watch that on demand whenever you like on any FFPC socials, YouTube, uh, X, and Facebook. That's available right now. Uh, John Daigle, you probably heard of him, FFPC pros versus Joe's veteran. Now with four for four football, uh, he and I chopped it up uh, for two hours last night on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Show on the Better Sports Network. It's on the BSN socials as well as the FFPC socials. 
you want to go back and watch that as well. Great stuff from uh, from John Daigle last night. He always brings it, and he did not disappoint last night. A lot of great things uh, that he talked about, including if you're ever in his uh, where he's living currently. He's been all over the world, but he's currently living in Chicago. He gave a lot of great tips uh, for the restaurants and places you want to check out if you're in Chicago. Non-tourist ones and tourist ones, whatever you want. Check that out on the FFPC socials as well. Uh, remember to follow me on the X Machine at Eric Balkman, and I want to invite you to follow my co-host on the X Machine at Jay Farrell Elliott. Of course, check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship. Fingers crossed, me and my co-owner, Jim Cole, currently sit third place overall in the KFFSC main event, and I'm very excited to see where that leads us. Very excited to talk to this gentleman as well. You know him as the definitive commissioner of fantasy football he is the incomparable Jay Farrell Elliott. Farrell, happy November 10th to you. We are two weeks away from Thanksgiving. So glad that you're popping aboard tonight, man. I am popping aboard. I haven't popped anywhere in a long time, Bucky. Thank you for that, that fantastic compliment. What are those new specs you had on? Where, where'd you put them? They're not specs. So so what these are, these. so I wear these when I'm working um, and I'm doing stuff on, on my machine. These are Gunners, Gunners.com. That's an unpaid endorsement. But basically, it eliminates the the blue light coming out of my screens or whatever. Uh-huh. I've noticed, and this is like this is again unpaid endorsement, but I'm just going to tell everybody. I have noticed because, uh, as as many of you probably know, I work deep into the night. Yeah, uh, a lot of nights, especially during the the football season. And if I don't wear these, this blue light just gets right into my brain, and it keeps me up for yeah. for hours on it. If I wear these at night and I take them off during the shows because they don't look great uh, when, when I'm doing yeah, the shows and kind of see a reflection, they're, they're, well, thank you. I appreciate that, Farrell. They're professorial. I, you don't do many things that don't look good. and it's, So they're called gunners, just, like, gunners. The, just yes. like the guy running down to tackle on the punt coverage. Gunners. Spelled differently. It's ARS.com. Gunners.com is where you want to go to get these. But I've noticed that when I do wear these, and like I'll do some post-production after the show tonight, I do some other work. And I'll, I'll put these back on. But I've noticed that when I do wear those at night, my head hits the pillow. Five minutes, ten minutes, I'm out. Whereas you if, gotta I get some of those. if I hey. don't wear them, Farrell, it's like 45 minutes, an hour, sometimes longer than that, and I can't fall asleep. Just leave it to the Germans to come up with something. Like yeah, well, that, we've said that for years. Uh, Volkswagen, beer, um, everything, almost everything. We'll, yeah. we'll turn a blind eye to World War II, but almost everything. Yeah. Yeah, World War One, you in there in the, the, the and between World War times. <laughs> the between times weren't really good either. I mean, but that's a, that's the whole that's the history of fantasy football. Too. Yeah, that is the history of fantasy football. High stakes fantasy football at gmail.com is where to reach us if you have any questions for us. Uh, that's where you can email us. We'll try to get to the tweets, the chat room questions, uh, the emails, uh, everything coming up in the fantasy feedback uh, segment later on in the show. Shout out to our audio engineer, my best friend Bryce, and our producer and mutual friend Rob. Let's get into things tonight. We got big news out of uh, Cincinnati, Farrell. Now, what is that? That's the Queen City, not the Emerald City, it's right? Queen, it's Queen City. Queen bro. City. Thank you so much. Well, out of the Queen City, T. Higgins is not going to be taking the field against the Houston Texans this week, according to Adam Schefter. Um, Ian Rappaport actually teased us about this on Thursday. Um, Jamar Chase officially listed as questionable, dealing with a back issue right now. Chase did not practice on Wednesday, got in a limited session to, uh, yesterday, I believe another limited session today. Um, and you look at uh, the Bengals and, and where we're at now, the last time T. Higgins missed, it was some guy named Trenton Irwin putting up good numbers. Uh, eight passes for 60 yards 
on 10 targets back in week five. Um, he's available in a lot of FFPC leagues right now. The question to you is, are, are we going to see a repeat of Trent Irwin? Are we going to see this Aya Sivas guy who I, I, I probably just butchered his name. And then mm-hmm. I, the, yeah. the obvious guy, Tyler Boyd here, what are we doing with the Bengals right now? Knowing that Higgins is out this, uh, this coming week and Jamar chase is a battered, uh, form of himself coming into this week 10 game okay i can buy into the fact balky that you want to get a piece of the cincinnati passing game especially as good as joe is looking uh trenton urban uh 27 years old has been in the league four years and you've never heard of him mainly because he's been released by cincinnati about eight times they call they call them revisions to the practice squad now where they don't necessarily have to put the player through waivers. But anyway, he's been up and down off that practice squad. Good player out of Stanford. Solid player. Mm, I'm the agent there. I probably would have tried to move him along. But you know what? That's when that Super Bowl comes knocking on the door. Uh, you you kind of want to stay and see if you can get into that. Now, you bring up a very interesting player. Andre Iovis? Iovicious? Well, whatever it is, he's a Princeton grad, and he's – if, for everyone that is intrigued about Puka, this is this is the Puka that did not get to play. This guy okay. has really good movement traits for a big player, uh, and it, he's he's a project, but he's also a draft pick. and And I could see him getting some playing time. You know, Charlie Jones. Nobody's talking about him. He's yet to catch a pass yet, but he can catch him. And if you want to see his explosiveness. Go back to September when he returned a punt for 85 yards for a touchdown against the Ravens. There's a variety of tools. The front office knows what they're doing. All these guys could contribute. And uh, how many how many teams we got on by this weekend, Balky? Four. You know, four teams. And if you're if you're crippled, there's more foolish ways to spend your time. But Balky, I think you should talk about Tyler Boyd. You know, Mark Ter- uh, John Terry asked the question, and you know, but I really this this. This whole thing is just an effort to try to get to Irv Smith is is what you're trying to do here. And, you know, Irv, Irv had a game this past week. Uh, Irv did well, as did Jonu. You know, Irv's on – Irv's on – he's going to catch about 35 passes this year, and some may come in this game. So we got to Irv early. We got to Irv early, and that's it. No no more Irv Smith talking. I don't know. I kind of like bringing him up. Permar99 hanging out watching us on YouTube tonight. Why Irwin has more yards and targets over Boyd when T. Higgins is out? Boyd has no ceiling. Now, I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Yeah, um, I, I do have Tyler Boyd in a couple of leagues, and while I would not recommend him as like a top 25 player or anything like that, I think you can do worse in the FFPC yeah. as a third receiver or as a second flex. So I Let's would recommend him at that point. Let's talk about Mixon here, too. You can take an expanded role to Mixon, who is no slouch at catching passes. And, you know, after after how deeply this team has been leaning on the quarterback, they might try to develop something in that rushing attack. I I would agree with you on that. Um, And and I think uh, Mixon, to me, is like – for the, the course of the peak Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins that we've seen the last few years, as long as Joe Mixon is healthy, he's a must-start for me. Like, I'm trotting him out there every single week. And, and, and this week is no exception. And quite frankly, this is a great week to play him, Farrell, as you just and, pointed out. And speaking of trotting him out there, where in the hell is the professor? Because I don't know if I mentioned it to you, Balky. 
But I, I, I always, oh, damn it, Balky, why did you say you butchered his name? Because you did it perfectly. And then I got a, he went to I, Princeton. He went to I, Princeton. Okay. He's an Ivy Leaguer, you know. So where the hell is the professor? Well, we need him in here uh, for sure. And and I, uh, Thomas Glaze, who's oh, there's Thomas. He's he's watching us on Facebook. He thinks, and I'm not willing to go this far, but Thomas has won a lot more money than me playing high stakes fantasy football over the years. So mm-hmm. I will bow to him here on this. Tyler Boyd is a top 15 wide receiver this week. Burrow is in a zone. He says expect an epic celebration from epic. Chase as well. Epic. Tyler, uh, 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 Thomas Glaze is number two in the KFFSC, I do mm-hmm. believe. He is. He is. Absolutely. Congratulations, right, Thomas. Keep it up. Right in front of uh, uh, Jim Cole and I right now, who are sitting in third, which I'm thrilled with. This is like. Uh, I don't think I've ever been this high before in the KFFS. Well, Balky, some people haven't seen you as late at night. Well, never mind. No. <laughs> in the KFFSC. Mm. Only in the KFFSC. Can't, can't, I cannot speak to the condition I've been doing this show on a Friday night over the course of time. So we'll keep it at that. We will keep this uh, live for you right now. Kyler Murray officially named the starter by head coach Jonathan Gannon. For week 10, Ian Rappaport was first to, to report this. Kyler Murray is going to be starting over Clayton Toon. Thank God. The passing game gets a boost this week. Uh, Marquise Brown, you'd like to think better things are in store for him. Trey McBride, same thing. And even Michael Wilson and Rondale Moore, you know, with, with again, you tease this, Farrell. Only four teams on by, but it's the Dolphins. It's the Chiefs. It's the Eagles. Like, it, it is a lot of really talented teams. Rams. Oh, you're stackables, Valky. Well, so you're stackables. That, my, point, my point is this. Like, if you are missing players this week, which a lot of us are. Like, I looked at my KFFSC teams. I'm like, oh, my God. It's going to be a struggle to submit lineups this week. Um, but, but now you have Kyler Murray in the driver's seat, throwing the ball in Arizona to those guys. Are you willing to bump up these players – and and um, these guys that were borderline starts with Clayton Tune, are they all of a sudden must flexes in the FFPC? And I'm looking specifically at players like, uh, and we'll get into James Conner in a little bit, but players like Michael Wilson, Trey McBride, um, uh, Marquise Brown, Rondale Moore. How are you looking at these guys differently this week, if at all, with Kyler Murray over Clayton Tune? If you have those guys, you took them because you had a firm belief in what, what Murray was going to be able to do. And, and Murray's had a difficult offseason, but you stuck with those players. So if you've got them on your roster, you've likely had them there all year long. I think that the bottom, the line is drawn at Moore, who it seems that the team wants to get involved, but it doesn't. I've yet to see he and Murray have the kind of connection that I'd like to see. So until I see that, I don't want to put him out. Uh, I don't want to run him out this late in the season. I want to go on that waiver wire. And I think the fellows have touched on it here with some names. And, and I, you know, I want to go on the waiver wire and look for uh, the next Noah Brown performance. And, and Hey, you know, Balky, we told everyone after that saddening performance by uh, Houston in Carolina, not to sour on, uh, not to sour on any of the, uh, the, the Houston uh, Texans and I think we gave good advice last week, at least in that regard. Yeah, we did, and and um, and I think that uh, more good advice is coming on the okay. show. I, I feel pretty confident about. Yeah, it'll be um, coming from our guest. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, these guys are legends. Peter Puzzo and uh, Paul Texera are coming up here in just a couple of minutes, and they're going to educate us, which we're very excited about. Before we get to that, let's stay on the Arizona Cardinals train. 
Darren Urban reported this earlier today. James Conner appears likely to be activated off injured reserve in time to play this week here in week 10. He was trending in the right direction. According to Gannon, the game is uh, in Arizona, but the Cardinals are home dogs, actually. One and a half point dogs. I, I, I don't know officially what's going to happen with Connor. My guess is he does play. But, Farrell, the question is, if he does play, is he a play for you right away in week 10? Bearing in mind, this is a 4.05 start, and we won't officially know until about 2.30 Eastern time whether Connor is going to give it a go. Mm. I don't think so because either if my team is still in it, when Connor went down, I somehow solved it to keep them in it. So I, I've likely got the players there. Mm-hmm. If I don't have those players there, uh, I'm probably not in it anyway. And so, but you can take a risk if you're leading, if you're in a good situation to add to your overall points. You know, last week we saw Keaton Mitchell step up and be have a top five performance. He was one only of the four backs. Uh, they got over 20 fantasy points this last week. Uh, you know, guys guys that are coming on. And what's the young backs with the odd name uh, there uh, at Arizona Balky? Can you help me out? Uh, and Mario Di Mercado. I liked what De Mercado is doing, I, and, I, and I think he will still be part of the mix to contribute. He hasn't been a real fantasy power yet, but I, I there's elements of his game that I like. So, you know um, – yeah, I, there's a, one of our top five, you know, uh, for the season, Mostert will not be playing this weekend. So, yeah, I, I can see some Pollards in the lineup somewhere. Now, as John Terry Pollard, is, uh, John Terry, no, exactly. Now, as John Terry is pointing out, Farrell, De Mercado is listed as out this week. Well, there does you the go. Pack, Thank you, John. Pack, so, so this, this, does this change anything for you? Because well, no, it's, it's, it says it, it, it's just what I was saying was that I I like what he was doing. There hasn't they've been on a hunt and sink to find a running back. So look, Connor healthy, Connor's there. But Pollard's on my mind because you know we want to reach out to Dave Turp and tell him this is his weekend. You know, this is the weekend that Pollard explodes for him. This is the weekend that makes him forget all the tears and the teeth gnashing, and it's it's he's going to be okay. Okay, um, I am just seeing Joanna Jackson, who's watching us on YouTube right now. Hi, Joanna. Let us know about Michael Thomas. And there is some scuttlebutt on the X machine right now about Michael Thomas being arrested. And this is like literal breaking news that Michael Thomas, I don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Underhill, who covers the Saints, I believe for ESPN, right? Um he has said that the Saints, there's a Saints spokesman saying that they're aware of the incident and are gathering information. Michael Thomas just got arrested by Kenner Police Department. Mm. He smashed a car window of a car blocking his driveway. I don't know. I don't know what this means. Um, Farrell, knowing that this is coming so late in the game here, and we we are just learning of this incident now, I think that our, our policy is we know how the NFL uh, is slow to move on stuff like this. Probably whatever you were doing with Michael Thomas before this incident for this week and week 10, you should still be doing the same thing because I can't imagine he'll be out for something like this coming up this weekend. But I, I don't know. You let me know. 
I don't know either. I sure like Shahid. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. All I can say about that. Um, I, I think that uh, God, this is this is really. I wish that people. I'm I'm looking on X right now, and it's all these people just you know chiming in on it. I'm just looking. People will chime. Oh, it's so frustrating. Um, what about this, Kenneth Walker, Farrell? Mm-hmm. He he gets, and I haven't seen the practice report today, but I know he didn't practice Wednesday. He practiced yesterday as full, like was not a limited uh, session at all. Now, Kenneth Walker seems like he's hurt right now, but he's probably going to play this week. He got outsnapped by Zach Charbonnet last week and the week before. Kenneth Walker um, is going to be uh, taking on uh, – oh, help me out on this. Kenneth Walker is battling the Commanders at home this week. Not a, uh, a, a, a slumping defense or a pushover defense. And I look at what he's done the last couple of weeks, which is not much. 17 carries over the last two weeks, two catches in the last two weeks. This is going to be an unpopular thought, Farrell, especially with four teams on by. But can you afford to bench Kenneth Walker this week? And is it the right play, or do you have to keep him in there against the commanders? Uh, I've got to research it more. If I had this player more on my roster, because I really like this player, if I had this this player rostered more – I would be a little deeper into understanding what's going on with him, but I, uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's concerning. Uh, and you know, I, I like, uh, I like Charbonnet. I think he's, uh, a good player. If we can understand that he's going to get more carries, I think he'll respond, uh, properly, but yeah, that's, that's disappointing to, to look back and see that Walker's not emerging from, uh, uh, those performances and you say it's health related bulky what's particularly wrong with it yeah i mean like the the, the thing with walker is um like you know it's pete carroll right and, uh-huh. and we never we never know what's truly going on with these players um as far as you know their health goes and and how serious their injury is like th- that that's the, that's the thing it's like it, it could just be like a little nipping nagging thing it could be a serious thing uh with kenneth walker right now i'm looking it up uh, to find out the official uh, injury designation for, for Kenneth Walker. And this is something that Pete Carroll can't lie about because this is something that the Seahawks <laughs> are obligated to, to give out via the NFL. It is a chest injury. He did participate fully today. So that's good, and you probably have to play him. But it's just like anything at this point in the season, Farrell. We know what these players are dealing with. We have to temper expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you do. And you know, Balky, what's interesting right now is that you're coming off like a uh, a northern woodsman of Wisconsin because you have not synced up with your uh, with your voice and your mic, and it, it's oh, really, it? yeah. No, there you are. See, so, yeah, yeah, you're off by about five or six seconds. You know, our our uh, your best friend Bryce needs to come in there and do a little production. You know? All right, we're gonna get our audio engineer to to fix my audio here. In the meantime. Yeah. We've heard enough from me, clearly. Yes. Let's bring in our guests here. Uh, they've been patiently waiting in the green room, and I want to bring them in right now. They are not first place. They are not second place, but they are the next best thing. Coming into week 10 of the FFPC main event, these guys are t- are in third place overall in the pursuit of the $1 million grand prize in the FFPC main event. Two guys that are no strangers to the high-stakes industry. Please welcome in the incomparable Peter Puzzo and Paul Tuxera. Guys, welcome in. Thanks so much for joining the broadcast tonight. Look at those guys. Thanks for having us, guys. Thanks for having us, Bulky. 
coming through loud and clear. They don't even have sound engineers. Right. Yeah, okay. no, it's, just, it's, it's a testament Fantastic. to how bad things are in Northeast Wisconsin right now. Peter, shout out to you. You got the Darren Armani Fantasy Mojo Pros versus Joe sweatshirt on. Oh, and Paul does too. I feel so, I should have been repping my brand tonight. I didn't. I didn't rep my sweatshirt so bad, but I'm glad you guys are wearing it. That is that is fantastic to see. Um, and Peter, Cloud Nine, right? Like I, I know it's only coming into Week Ten, but seeing your name up in third place overall for a million bucks, what's that like? I mean, it's somewhat surreal. Uh, Paul gets most of the credit. He's the brains uh, behind the operation. Stop it. <laughs> it's uh it's fun you know what we we put a lot of time into it and the truth is we we love it and it doesn't you know my wife calls it my part-time job but it's it's far from a job we we love it we're passionate about it and uh so far we've been lucky no major injuries thank god oh that's now, a huge now paul, paul peter says that you are the brains of the operation but i can't tell if you're being modest or truthful here I like to stay in the weeds, the fantasy stuff. Even this coming on air with the podcast, it's a little bit uh, challenging for me, let's see. But we're going to make well, he's the best the, He's the brain trust, and the brain trust never wants to reveal what he's thinking. That's right. You know, it's um, just the way it is. Glad we're not playing poker with these guys. I'd rather how, about, how about that, um, Michael Thomas? That's such a creative way to get Chris Olave some targets and some, uh, some more <laughs> catches. I, I don't think Olave needs any help. I, I think he needs to get all the targets anyway. You know, that's that's yeah. been my that's my feeling. You know, I'll just say this uh, because John Daigle from Four for Four and I were talking last night about it, and he said about Olave, and he mentioned a couple other players that are just like that. Um, unless Olave is catching a touchdown, it is you are skating on skating on thin ice with this guy because yeah. he's got to yeah. get in the end zone. Otherwise, you just don't know. You just don't know at that point. Let's yeah. we're gonna get into fantasy football here in a second. Before we do. Peter, I'm going to let you go first uh, on this. Tell the viewers what you're doing for a living. And then, Paul, I want you to go ahead and, and let us know what you're doing as well. Uh, so, Eric, for the last 25 years, I've been in the uh, mortgage business in Canada. So I own a, a franchise uh, in one of uh, or Canada's largest mortgage lenders. So that's what I do pretty much day in and day out. For me, nothing as glamorous as my partner. Uh, I just I drive for a, a dental impression company, but I'm in the car a lot, and it gives me time to listen to the informative content that the fantasy community is putting out. I have lots of time for that. You know, you guys, um, how long have you known each other? I'll let Peter take this one. Uh, I'm going to say it, it actually was fantasy football that – uh gave me the privilege of, of calling this guy my friend about 15 years i'm gonna say beautiful did you meet through the ffpc no that's not how long we've been around 15 no years. we actually met in a home league paul you tell the story yeah we met in a home league it's just um i i labeled pete a sharp right away from the first mm -hmm. uh draft that i saw him and uh, he just continued to snipe players off me during drafts and i'm just you know we just got talking and uh, we did a couple of teams, I think, the year before, the year before last, and now we're here, right? Well, just, congratulations, teams. Congratulations to you, and I, and and I've seen you before. So you play in, you play live at Planet Hollywood, correct? You no, no, we want to go down. Yeah, you know, I guess I saw you before when you came on, like two minutes ago. But was, I mean, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I relive it, you know. But it's, uh, you, you know, there's a couple of, of guys. Too. 
out there, uh, you know, walking around uh, imitating you guys. Okay, so for partner players, when you learned that you were getting the tenth spot for this team, which is doing so well, how do you develop that strategy? And was it a slow draft, an online draft, a regular fast draft? What what draft was it? Which one? The oh. the main event one? Yeah, this just one. yeah. Regular, one we're, one we're talking about the one that you're gonna the one that you're in uh not first, not second, but third place is Bucky. So yeah, we we bought our slots early. We were in a few leagues last year. We just rolled over, we won one, we rolled over the money into a couple of entries this year. Yeah. But and was this so, entry a slow draft? No, no, it wasn't a slow, just a regular okay. So when you're do you get together and draft it online but live between you? How does it work out? Yeah, Peter's at home. I'm at home, and we just do it together. Yeah, I love that. Okay. Four eyes are better than two, right? Yes. Damn straight. Yeah. And Farrell, just on that point, we prefer the live drafts uh, specifically because of the amount of time we put into the drafts ahead of time. We have a short list of players that we target, and we actually like putting pressure on the guy drafting after us. Um, we typically don't use up too much of our clock if we ha- if we don't mm-hmm. have to. Um, so Paul will quickly say, hit it, you know, and it might take 10 seconds. Uh, we make our pick and it's on the next guy. And if he's not ready, it can sometimes give us a competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. Balky, I was telling you, these guys are sharing the same brain. That's what's going on here. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's two brains too. It's not yeah, just two, one brain. Like they're connected. Important to understand. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the things, Paul, it, that, that I've noticed from players who come on the show uh, here over the course of the last decade or whatever, um, lineups are easy to set because they don't they they hit their the top half of their draft really well, bottom half not so much. So they don't have to worry about all this <coughs> week in and week out to try to figure out the best possible lineup. I'm kind of curious because this is a deep team that you and Peter have. How difficult has it been trying to submit the optimal lineup every week to remain at the top of the FFPC main event leaderboard? We've been pretty good. I mean, um, we missed we missed on um, Moss, the running back from Indy. It felt like whenever he went off, he was on our bench. Whenever we plugged him in, yeah, not so good, right? So uh, we were chasing him a bit. But other than that, it's like, so we we bled we bled two or three weeks, some points. But other than that, we've been pretty good. Yeah, I would say so. And one week on Foreman. One week, yeah, on yeah, one week. On that, that's, that's the one week wonders, and I'm always most impressed by those guys. Uh, it's sometimes it's easy, you you know, that one Sunday morning a couple years ago, I picked up Foster Moreau to start when Waller was down for the Raiders and he had you know 25 point game, and then it, then it was over with. But Foreman appears to be a player that that. He runs hard. He's impressive. People have come on the show before and said they believe Foreman to be their sleeper. What do you guys see going forward with him, especially after Chicago gets uh, not a bye week, but an extended time to get ready after uh, they won the Thursday nighter last? Well, Foreman last year, if you remember, he was not a league winner, but he catapulted you late in the season and into the first mm-hmm. few rounds of the playoffs. Then I think the actual championship week he died, he fizzled. Uh, but um, if he gets if he gets touches, he produces. Yes, yeah, simple. Sure. It's ten plus touches for him, and he's gonna he's gonna give you some points on the board for your team. I like yeah. We started we started him yesterday. He's in our lineup this week. 
Yeah. We're we're going to get into that in, in, in a little bit with, with the form and start. In fact, let's just get into it um, right now. You had Jalen Warren. You had Zay Flowers. You had Luke Musgrave, Paul. Um, you end up going with, with Foreman here. I'm kind of curious. Just take us into the conversation that you and Peter had of like, okay, we're going to play Foreman against the Panthers on Thursday. We're not going to worry about these other three guys. What was that decision like? Uh, well, Josh Downs was in there too, but he was uh, questionable, so we kind of ruled him out. But the other guys, uh, once Khalil Herbert was ruled out, that basically solidified it for us. Uh, we, mm -hmm. me and Peter spoke, and um, yeah, against the Carolina's run defense, they're ranked 32nd. He was going to get the work. Uh, Flowers has been trending in the wrong direction. He's essentially catching. He's got one touchdown, I think, on the year. He's been catching mm -hmm. like screens and stuff like that. They're not. There's no depth of target there. Um, yeah, and and Warren has a 250 pound headache in uh, in the back. <laughs> And, um, and what else? Who else was there? There was one other guy we were Musgrave. 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 We kind of used him as a plug-in for Laporta, but his snaps have been trending up weekly. Now he's getting full snaps, so maybe in the future, we'll see. But not not yet. Yeah, Musgrave. I, I think the only reason he becomes interesting here, Farrell, is because of the tight end premium aspect of the FFPC. Otherwise, to me, it's a slam dunk. Warren Flowers. I mean, uh, Foreman. You, you got to play them all over Musgrave. The only way he enters into the conversation, at least for 2023, I'm bullish on this guy going forward with Green Bay, but tight end premium is the only way I'm playing him right now. Go ahead with your next question. Yeah, no, no one, Balky, in the show was uh, <coughs> even aware that you were a Musgrave fan. We haven't heard that all season no. long. I, I, I know we hadn't said a thing about it, guys. You know, he really has. He's a very good player. I, let's talk about tight end a little bit. We might have more running backs to talk about later. But let's, you, you know, as we move in spring, spring is is a very exciting football drafting time for me. I love drafting across all formats in the FFPC, and it seems like the teams I draft earlier actually do better. And as we were preparing for the draft, Dalton Kincaid was, you know, this this is this for FFPC. This is just what it's all about. And, you know, the great athletic skills, the fact that there's, you can't find a general manager that dislikes any aspect of his person or his game. The fact that he only dropped two balls his entire year in college, he dropped two passes. So we get in a situation and he gets drafted by the damn Buffalo Bills, who have a pretty good tight end in Dawson Knox. And have always underutilized him. You know, if you want to win a bet, you, you can say Dawson Knox has never had a 50-catch season, and you'll win a bet. You know, he's good in the red zone, but, you know, that's where you see him if you're watching the red zone. So go ahead to Dalton Kincaid, because I'd like to talk about this player and what has particularly happened in the last three weeks. 23 catches in the last three weeks. And, you know, now he's on a, he's on a pace for an 80-catch season, considering that Knox may not return from the hand injury. What can you guys tell me about Dalton Knox? Do you think he is here to stay? Because, you know, we, we've got – he's seventh amongst tight ends. And, and Balky, I just looked it up. Musgrave has caught 27 passes, which is impressive. Nobody's trashing Musgrave. But he will anything keep him out of the lineup, even a Knox return? And will he always be in your lineup? So you're talking to a couple of Buffalo Bills fans. So we're going to be oh, a little no bit kidding. biased. 
No, no kidding. We're, we're, we're a little biased. It's, a, it's yeah. the closest NFL city to no in Toronto, so we're big <laughs> Buffalo fans. Uh, small, quick story. Kincaid was a major target of ours yeah. uh, before any of our main events. Paul and I agreed that you know it's tough to build a strong lineup and have a tough uh, top end tight end and have a top end quarterback. Mm-hmm. So we agreed in all of our drafts that we would ultimately end up punting one of those two positions, whether not it be both. quarterback or tight end, but not both. So on this specific team, we got Josh Allen the third, and we had talked about drafting Kincaid in the ninth. His ADP at the time was the 10th round. Mm-hmm. In this specific draft, he went two rounds early and was taken right before our pick in the eighth round. So we were big on Kincaid. He would have been in this lineup with Diggs and Allen. It would have been a perfect stack. We got lucky because in the ninth or tenth, we got Laporta. Mm. Uh, so, so Paul and I, and then Musgrave, Musgrave Next right round, after Yeah, Laporta. we went double tight end yeah. there. So, so we talked about targeting the young tight ends. We thought that there was value there. Uh, we knew Buffalo wasn't drafting Kincaid that high just by coincidence that he were going to use him. Uh, the preseason reports coming out of Buffalo were like, this guy wasn't dropping anything. So we were big on Kincaid, and we were willing to draft him a round higher than ADP. He sure. ended up going two rounds higher. It's just the way he it had, worked out. Yeah, but we ended up with Laporta. It was great. Yeah. He's yeah, a stud. He went in the seventh, He's a stud. Which was stocking, really shocking to us anyways. Well, well let, like, let, let, me, let me ask you guys this. Um, historically, Peter, um, would you consider how you – First of all, I, and I apologize if you said this earlier. How many years have you guys co-managed teams together? Well, we've been buddies for 15 years, but FFPC, I think this is year three or four. Okay, so year three or four in the FFPC. Over those four years, have you guys ever had the pre-draft strategy of, hey, let's focus in on these young tight ends, these rookie tight ends? Has that ever happened before? No, I don't believe so. I don't believe the crop was this good before, like that you had a lot of big names, like young guys. Paul and I historically prefer the younger players, mm-hmm. uh, specifically at running back. We like the fresher legs. We think later in the season they have more upside and they can win you championships. But I don't recall us ever seeing like three guys, Laporta, Musgrave, Kincaid, who we were happy to leave the draft with a, a, as our tight end one. Two out of the three have worked out really well, obviously. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Joanna Jackson popping in on the YouTube. I'm going to ask you guys this because you are uh, Buffalo Bills fans. Stephon Diggs popped up on the injury report today with a back injury. This is on the cusp, and and, and I, I saw this today. It doesn't mean it was published today, but I saw that there's some, some sort of new rift between Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen on the team right now. Apparently, Diggs look good at practice running around. They play Monday night. We'll find out more tomorrow, obviously. Peter, I'm going to let you weigh in on this, and Paul, I want you to chime in after. But number one, how concerned are you about this Diggs back injury? And number two, is this supposed rift between Diggs and Allen anything to be concerned about for fantasy purposes, Peter? Well, I mean, listen, we don't, we're not beat reporters, so we don't have the inside. But we heard about this stuff earlier in the season. There was mm-hmm. concerns about Diggs being unhappy. Um, look, I just think it's a, he's a guy who just wants to win. You know, I think he, you know, in, in a, in a, in a nice way, he's a sore loser and, and winners don't like to lose. And yeah. I, these problems only seem to arise when the team struggles or has a bad game, or I, I personally think he's fine. He's obviously a vital part of our team. Um, it's actually another reason why we started forming in case we needed flexibility to take digs 
out of uh, out of our receiver position. But uh, Paul, what what are your thoughts there? Um, yeah, I'm not too concerned about it. Um, we're kind. We have backups here. We have so we backed up uh, Josh Allen. We we have a couple of backups at receiver too. We had a team last year that didn't have much depth. It was top twelve, and we had uh, Jalen Hurts. And when they rested him near the end of the year, our team cool. tanked. But we were we were top twelve, and McCaffrey got traded to um, San Fran, and we thought it was wheels up for him. But Shanahan had other ideas and throttled him, so that hurt us too. So we have some depth on this team. We have Jared Goff behind Allen, and we have some other receivers. We got Flowers, we got Ayuk, we got Downs. We can we we can make it work. Paul, uh, what about and and uh, join? Uh, excuse me, uh, Permard ninety nine chiming in the YouTube chat right now. What about Lombardi Lenny? The brand new Buffalo Bill, a guy I picked up in a few of my leagues. Uh, at what point, if at all, Paul, this year does Fournette become fantasy worthy? Um, certainly, I, I think you make a case of rostering him right now. But is it going to ever be to the point? Maybe it's going to be in the championship sprint, the three rounds uh, or the three weeks at the end of the year when all the cash is given out, and maybe that's when Fournette becomes relevant. Paul, in your opinion, when does Fournette become fantasy relevant? I think he actually might be there, though. Once they get him in, they'll ramp up his touches, I think, and, uh, you know, on the eye for that, for the playoffs and stuff. But um, they don't really run the ball there. So, we'll, you know, right. he catches, though, which is a bonus. So we'll, we'll see if that works for them. They oh. ask so much of this quarterback. You're right about that red zone aspect of, and that they don't really run the ball between the 20s. Now, they just ask so much of your quarterback how wise you were to get him because it's, he's – He's ideal for fantasy football. You know, people think that Lamar Jackson was the, the dual threat quarterback. And Jalen Hurts has been wonderful. But, you know, Josh Allen, it's the weight of the teams on his backs. Hey, hey you know, uh, who is the goal is soul forever? I mean, I, he's your fellow commissioner. You got to love this guy. What's Who is this guy? Let's see. Oh, Tony. Yeah, That's he's Tony. Like that's I love Tony yeah. because Tony's got great ideas. He's spending your money in Vegas already. And you two at the Sphere. <coughs> Tony, we we get Tony to come with you guys to Kentucky, and you guys must come to Planet Hollywood next year. I, you, we gotta get you guys out on the road. Yeah. You know it's uh, you know it, it, first time I heard give, about FFPC was through Tony. He he joined. Yeah, we gotta give. We didn't even know what it was. Give, we gotta give Tony a big shout out. He he was actually the commissioner of the home league that Paul and I met in met, yeah. and he was the commissioner of the first fantasy league that I ever, I ever uh, entered. So he's a friend. He's uh, probably the biggest YouTube fan you'll ever meet on the face of the planet mm -hmm. and a big, big fantasy football guy. So he loves talking fantasy football with us. Is he's he a good friend. player? Is he, is yeah, he a good player? Good. He's a very good player. That's unusual amongst very the good. commissioner all, fraternity. That although we we're questioning his three-quarterback strategy this year in the home league. Three-quarterback. <laughs> okay. <coughs> yeah, that's never been one of my favorite strategies is the three-quarterback strategy. I want to ask you guys about your running back strategy this year. Um, in looking at your teams this year, two of your most owned players, if not your two most owned players, pair of running backs here, Rashad White and Isaiah Pacheco. I was listening to uh, Sigmund Bloom and Derek Brown from Fantasy Pros talk about Pacheco's upcoming schedule after week 10. It looks really, really good. Uh, you guys probably knew that when you drafted him, knowing that um, the end of his season is going to be matchup paradise for him. But Rashad White's another interesting guy. And Peter, I'll, I'll pose this to you. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about why 
you wanted to make sure you got plenty of shares of both White and Pacheco this season? Uh, truthfully, Balky, a lot of it was just, you know, value slash coincidence. So Paul and I are big either zero RB or hero RB drafters. Um, in this specific team, Etienne fell around to the fourth, so we took him. Um, but oftentimes we agreed that Rashad White in the sixth gave us value. Being a workhorse back, he could catch the ball, run the ball. We were concerned about Tampa's ability to move the ball, but actually Baker, Baker's been great there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pacheco in the ninth or tenth, we were just like, how do you pass up on, a, on an RB1 in an offense like that? Yeah. Like, you know, now, the, unfortunately, Mahomes spreads the ball out, you know, more than we would like. But again, they fit the profile because they were clear RB1s, um, very young, so fresh legs. And for us, it was just value. So if we're taking, you know, the first five rounds, if we're taking, let's say, four wide receivers and a quarterback, then we felt comfortable with Rashad White as our first RB. It's paying dividends now. Yes, it is. It's paying off. Um, we Paul, actually should have termed it lower RB because we were taking them in the lower rounds, but not like uh, that fits better. Well, and and I'm, what I'm hearing from you guys tonight is it, I feel like I'm in my own echo chamber because I don't, I don't necessarily know if I'm zero RB like you guys, but definitely hero RB where I load up on receivers and pass catchers <coughs> and quarterback, obviously, early on. Um, I, like you guys, believe the NFL in 2023 – is a young man's game outside of a few outliers, hashtag Tom Brady, stuff like that, right? So I'm always, uh, you know, breaking ties in favor of younger players. We have an interesting situation going on in New England right now, Paul, with Kendrick Bourne out for the year with that torn ACL, who was the de facto number one receiver there. And I know it's a low-volume pass offense, but you have a six-round rookie that a lot of people were talking up at the start of drafting season, and we even saw him getting drafted uh, in a couple of drafts before the start of the season. And now we see him being picked up, what, week seven, week eight, is when everybody wanted to be getting on the Demario Douglas bandwagon. And, you know, all of a sudden, just when we think it's going to be Douglas's offense, here comes tiptoeing in from stage left, this guy named Juju Smith-Schuster, who is only a couple of years removed from being the next big thing in Pittsburgh and then the next big thing in Kansas City. <laughs> and now he's in New England, right? And, and he's still making enough waves where we have to talk about him. And it's kind of a weird situation there, Paul, which is why I want to ask you this. If you could only own one of these receivers in the FFPC main event or the Fantasy Pros Championship, who would it be between Demario Douglas and Juju Smith-Schuster? Oh, that's easy. For me, it's Douglas. He's trending up. Uh, there's a lot of injuries there. Um, also a respected fantasy guy that I follow. Shout out to the franchise. Uh, calls him Baby Tyreek. <laughs> Baby Tyreek. And a New England beat reporter said, not only is he electric, he's a power plant. Yeah. Enough said. Um, Good luck. Juju Smith-Schuster, some will say, my cousin who told me this, cares more about TikTok than football. So Ooh, it's, uh, the Mario, it's, it's the Mario Douglas for me. <laughs> I haven't heard that. Well, you know, we won't have any issues in on uh, Juju Smith-Schuster going in the lineup. Although, I will say this. You know, Juju has moved on from Kansas City, and they still have not replaced those 70 catches with any wide receiver. Let's put it that True. way. Um, guys, when you have a tough decision, 
how do you work it out? And it doesn't seem like you've had a lot with this team, but you might tell us what your toughest decision is this weekend. And then if you just can't come to a unanimous decision, a unanimity of two, do you call Tony? Do you pick up the phone and call Tony? <laughs> what in the, what am I going to do here? You know, I mean, do you ever do that? Because it seems like that's what – I want to call Tony. You guys speak so highly of him. You know, he's a great guy. It's Tony. But what's the toughest thing you got to do this weekend? Uh, in, in For me personally, the <laughs> toughest matchup I got is I got to decide between Saquon Barkley and Rashad White. Oh, that's so, tough. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna probably lean actually white. Saquon's going against the Dallas defense, mm-hmm. and Saquon doesn't have a quarterback, so I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know how they're gonna stop the pressure there. And mm-hmm. that that one's gonna be tough. But Rashad White is in also is in a bad matchup. Tennessee ranks third against running backs. That's that's a tough decision. You, sometimes you just gotta you know trust your gut and uh, let the chips fall where they may, right? Yeah, that, that is true. Uh, very true. And Paul, let, let's get out to uh, to the YouTube chat. I'm going to pose this to you first. And Peter, I want you to weigh into this. Richard Hernandez watching us on YouTube. Uh, he's in full PPR, just like the FFPC. If Jamar Chase sits out, which I don't think he will, but there is a non-zero chance of it. Who do you play here? Is it Drake London or is it Michael Thomas this week? Paul, I'll, I'll throw this to you first. I go London there. Paul that's, says London. Peter, are you of the same mind on that? Yeah, that's, a, that's easy for me. Okay. Yeah. Drake London it is. And uh, we'll let the legal process play out with Michael <laughs> Thomas. <at> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. A couple of more emails for you guys uh, tonight. I'm going to kick things off. And, and, Peter, I'll throw this to you first. Joe in Southfield, Michigan. What's going on with James Cook right now? Thank you. That is Joe in Southfield, Michigan. Joe, we appreciate you. Uh, this, this should be a good uh, question for you guys. James Cook is an interesting player and kind of the EKG, right, in drafting season. All it takes is one player to really like him, and then they draft him at a spot that maybe everybody else is not comfortable drafting with. He's shown us what he can do, pass catching. Um, You guys, I think Paul mentioned it earlier, Peter, that those just don't seem to want to be married to running the ball. Um, Is this just what we should be expecting from what we're seeing from James Cook right now? Is this just the normal? Uh, of a production that we're going to see from him this year, or is there something going on here? That's a little bit deeper. Well, ultra talented. He's another player that moved up a little bit too much in the rankings up to like the third round. I think he got, we just, we weren't going to touch him at that point. Uh, Again, we're bills fans. So like, you know, there's a bias there, but look, them bringing in Fournette, I think says something, you know, uh, there's a reason why they brought him in. Uh, whether it's, you know, maybe not as much fantasy related, but I think he has some real life relevance. Yes. Uh, especially when the weather gets worse. I think Buffalo's going to start running the ball more. And I think Fournette's built for that type of pounding more than Cooks might be, even though K- Cooks is obviously younger and, and possibly more talented. I don't know if he's got the build to last, uh, you know, with the, with the wear and tear, with the bad weather and that ground and pound type of football that Buffalo might play in December. Paul, obviously, if what Peter is saying is true, and I think there's a lot of truth to it, quite frankly, um, James Cook, like you probably got to keep him around on your roster just in case to see what happens. But, man, it's going to be tough to play him over the course of the next six weeks, right? 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, like I told Peter, you got to watch. Um, don't watch what a team says. Watch what they do. Right. And Buffalo, by signing Fournette, that says yeah. a lot. And, you know, it, it, a lot of these teams are having great difficulty scoring the ball inside the five-yard line. And it, Dallas is doing it with Pollard. We, we commented on the fact that, that he can't score the ball. And, you know, if Buffalo is going to get out of this AFC, they're going to have to beat Baltimore, Cincinnati, or some combination of that. And uh, James Cook against that Baltimore defense is not something I would want to see in the red zone. So I think we're, we're getting ready for as we get ready for the playoffs. This team's going to try to get Fournette in the right kind of form. Farrell and Farrell, go ahead. We've got a Buffalo's got a tough schedule even before we even get to the playoffs. It's like true. Our concerns now is does this team even make the playoffs at, at mm-hmm. five and five and four? I think they are now. It's it's going to be tough. At Miami, at Philly, at KC, still or no? Maybe KC comes here, but either way, that's a tough matchup. Eagles. The schedule makers did not like you. This no. Year. Right. Well, I mean, at, at least if Kansas City comes to Buffalo, you guys have a non-zero chance of being within arm's length of the worldwide pop star Taylor Swift uh, coming. <laughs> and and I'll tell you this. Like I'll just I'll share this real briefly because it has nothing to do with fantasy football. But Farrell, I was talking to the Dizzle uh, mm-hmm. yesterday. We are going to be going to the December third Sunday night football game when the Chiefs come to Lambeau to take uh-huh. on the Packers. I told my eight year old daughter, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to the Chiefs game. She's now a Chiefs fan apparently because of Taylor Swift. Broke her heart, and now I'm at the point where should I even go to this game because my daughter? Do- I'm not going to bring her to an eight thirty game on a school night in Green Bay. It's just not going to happen. Broke her heart that I might get to see Taylor Swift from 500 yards away or whatever it will be <laughs> and at Lambeau field. And she might not, it, it is what it is. Um, we have the only other email we had was from Bill in Weymouth uh, <coughs> about Diggs and Allen. I think you guys have answered that. So I'm going to throw it to Farrell for our last question. All right, guys. Um, and, and you know, this, this question has a, a certain life of its own. Um, I have You guys are so you've been on it. All year long. So this question means a lot coming from you too. And I want to I want to focus on this weekend. Who's a guy that there's no way you have him in your lineups? You tease Barkley, can't use Barkley for this. Who's a guy you will not want in your lineups this week? And then who's the, who's somebody that nobody's thinking of? You know, we we flirted with some guys from Cincinnati that that have done little in their career, but might be a start. Who's somebody? Who's this week's Noah Brown? Mm. Uh, for me, um, I'll say Ramonster, Ramondre Stevenson. <coughs> um, I think they got a. They tried the Mac Jones thing. I think they got to go to the running game in these thirtieth against the run. New England has to try something different. It's just not working with what they're doing, right? So. Um, maybe Elliot steals some touches there too, but I think I think Ramonster has a big game this weekend finally. In Germany too, right? In in yeah. in Frankfurt, yeah. Early uh, mornings. And, and I'll mention yeah. this again before the end of the show. FFPC players, make sure you get your lineups in either Saturday night or Sunday morning, 9:30 a.m. kickoff from Germany. Peter, what about a sleeper for you this week? Well, I mean, it, he, he was a sleeper until your show started. It was Tyler Boyd. <laughs> Um, you guys, you guys started talking about him right off yeah, the hop. Yeah, see, like, Peter, oh, you're not allowed to use that. That's yeah, no, I'm not. You're not. I'm you cannot use that. Farrell, I'm not allowed. Out of, out of respect for this fantastic show, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to oh. say Dalton Schultz. Uh-huh. Um, you know, going up against that uh, Cincinnati defense is awful against tight ends. 
that Houston team can move the ball. That that Stroud kid can, can zing it left, right, yep. and center. Yep. And I think uh, I think Schultz has a big game this week. Yeah, two point six the week before third or three. 33 this week. Was yeah, it? Yeah. it is just fantastic. I, I love Schultz. I'm glad to see him doing so well. I, yeah. I knew he would do well in, in Houston. I didn't think it would necessarily look like this, but yeah, it's, it's working. And we, we called well, we out loved, too. We, did, yeah. we, we loved him pre-drafts like in, in yeah. August and, and just September, October was like a disaster. Yeah, like, nobody else loved start- him. I mean, we were, you know, you guys, me, Tony, that's it. You know, yeah, miss Jackson. You know, Bobby um, didn't love him. No, I didn't love him. That's for sure. Um, now let's go to the to the YouTube chat right now. A couple of other people weighing in on their choices for the sleeper of the week. Uh, Richard Hernandez likes Jerome Ford this week for the Browns. Certainly, I, I think there's something to be said for that when they go to Baltimore and Ford. By the way, who if you look at the underlying numbers and Peter and Paul, I'm sure you you know this too. Like he was running a lot more routes than Kareem Hunt than Pierre Strong, which is what we love for fantasy football. We love to see these running backs catching passes and at least being out there for the possibility of catching passes. And, of course, when Farrell says, who's going to be this week's Noah Brown, Permar99 says, how about Noah Brown? Noah Brown again this week. We love it. We love it. It, it, Time is a flat circle. Russ Cole, true detective, truer words have never been spoken, uh, except for what we heard, the wise and sage-like advice and experience we got tonight from one Peter Puzzo and one Paul Texera, the third place owners in the FFPC main event heading into week 10, just two teams above them for that million dollar grand prize. Guys, not only do we want to thank you tonight, we want to thank Tony for bringing you together a fantasy football marriage that might be a very profitable and financially advantaged one tonight as you guys are brought together by Tony and uh, brought together on this show tonight. Uh, by your wherewithal into getting one last question yeah go ahead we want to know the listeners want to know how much of a dent have you put into that 28 pounds of candy that your kids brought home (laughs) i'm I'm be honest with you that that's a loaded question how much of a how much of a dent have i put into it or how much of a dent have us as our family put into it us as a family pretty sizable but i think i'm mostly responsible for it too many peanut butter cups and Kit Kats in there. Yeah, I've been going crazy on it. So, yeah, it's really? it's, it's crazy. Um, and, and we the thing is, I know we have to get it gone by Thanksgiving because once those turkey and Thanksgiving leftovers hit the fridge, guys, um, all that candy is going to be thrown out by my wife. So it is what it is. I'm just going to have to deal with it. I'll go home tonight and enjoy some almond joys, some mounds, and perhaps some some uh, Hershey kisses as well. That's uh, That's my burden to carry, and I'm happy to do it. It's much better than the. It's much worse than the burden to carry of you guys trying to get up to first place to win that million dollar uh, grand prize in the FFPC minimum. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. So much fun, so entertaining, so informative. Good luck. Hopefully the ball bounces your way this weekend and going forward. And we're talking to you guys in January about that seven figure grand prize. Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Farrell. Thanks for having. Thank us. you, Eric. Thanks you for having it. us, guys. God absolutely. bless. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So much fun to have you guys on. Peter Puzzo, Paul Texera, the third place FFPC main event team owners heading into week 10. Remember to follow uh, Peter on the X machine at Peter Puzzo. That's P-E-T-E-R-P-U-Z-Z-O. Um, I, uh, 
I'm, I got to come down from that interview, Farrell. Oh, that's it, great. It, and it, it, what's even better is when they win the million dollars and convert it into Canadian currency. It's about <laughs> one point three five. Yes, which will be really good for them. They can they can say they one point three five. Uh, even even better. Joanna Jackson popping in. Almond joys are chronically underrated. Yeah, they absolutely. Joanna are. Jackson's a real smoke show. I'm all for her. She's yeah great. yeah she she is and she's very intelligent as well. That's I, what that's the smoky part. Right. Yes. Um, and, and Tony chiming in, go Leafs, go take care everyone. Tony, we appreciate you uh, in spirit on the show tonight. You get that Tony down here. You get these guys in Kentucky. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cross the board. Only 500 miles. It's going to be, it's going to be a great yeah. time. Um, okay. Let's get into how much time okay. do we got left? Hey, it's already, it's already 11 o'clock. Let's, let's go yeah. rapid fire on these. Steven okay. Stockton, California, Farrell. Hey guys, Alexander Madison or Brian Robinson this weekend. TIA, that is Steve in Stockton, California. Steve, we appreciate you chiming in. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. at Seattle, and you're looking at Alexander Madison at home against New Orleans. I'm going to lean towards Madison here because of no Cam Akers. I'm not really sure that Ty Chandler's ready to assume a significant role in that backfield. I like Madison. Seems like you disagree with me. He can get 15, 18 touches and still not see 50 yards. He's a good. <laughs> Hard runner who occasionally catches the ball. And when he's in space, he can get up to speed quickly. And that's why people like this player, but he has never fulfilled his fantasy situation. And I don't believe he's got very much in the red zone. Uh, and, and, you know, that's a lot to do with Hawkinson and everything. Let's take a look at Robinson. It's it's no great shakes there either, but he does average more yards per carry. He's found the end zone five times this year. And on, you know, on occasion, they throw the ball 50 times and he catches a few. So uh, that, that, I'm going to go Robinson. You're going to go Robinson. And the other thing, too, it's, it's so weird, Farrell, because I am a sucker for volume at this type of year. But these accumulators, like Alexander Madison is, I hate him at this point in draft season. Like, I always shy away from him. But now at this point, I'm a sucker for him. So I get it. Um, and it's close for me as well. Speaking of close, let's get to John in Cincinnati, which I believe was a HBO show about 10 or 15 years ago. <laughs> if I remember correctly, I'd have to look that up. But I saw this email. I'm like, John in Cincinnati is that the same guy. Uh, what's up, Balky and Farrell? Would you start Jackson Smith and Jigbo over Jerry Judy right now? Mm. Thank you. That is John in Cincinnati. So Jackson Smith and Jigbo, we just talked about it. He's taking on Brian Robinson. Well, not Brian Robinson, but Robinson's team at home against the Commanders. Jerry Judy is at Buffalo this week. I will lean towards Judy. Um, I, I am concerned about that Buffalo secondary, the fact that they had to make this trade with the Green Bay Packers to get Rasul Douglas in in the wake of Tredarius White being out for the season. I don't know if they solved it yet. I like Judy a little bit more than JSN this week. Although, with a healthy Lockett and Metcalf last week, JSN led the team in receptions and receiving yardage. So there's something to be said for that as well, Farrell. He's moving in the right direction. And he's – see, this is a – I, I got to keep this out of my mind sometimes, but I just think he's a better team player. He's a better guy in the locker room. He's he's working through his his first year, and, and he's overcome an injury. An injury put him slowed him down earlier. I like all the direction he's going, and I don't particularly like any of the direction Judy's going. So I'm 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 going with JSN. So you go Smith and Jigba. I say Judy. Let's go to the next email. This is Mark. In Deer Park, New York. Deer Park. York doesn't rhyme with park and mark, but I thought I'd say it that way anyway. Hey, fellas, what's up? Short and sweet. Gerald Everett or Luke Musgrave? We just <laughs> talked about Luke Musgrave. I'm handling this one. 
I'm handling this one. Gerald Everett is the biggest fugazi you have ever seen. The promises have been dropped. Musgrave is Balky's favorite player. Yeah. He's becoming one of mine. Somebody said something about being a lateral tight end. I don't even know what that is. Musgrave gets downfield. He runs slant routes. He's not easy to tackle. Everett, but now when we get in the red zone, look it up, Balky. You can look it up by using some of uh, 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 some of uh, – uh, what's our guy's name? Mojo. Darren Armand. Mojo. Darren Armand. Mojo. But, you know, Parham has four touchdowns. That's where Everett's points go. And we thought, you know, we thought Everett might improve on those 47 catches uh, last year. He's on the pace to get 40. This is easy. Put Musgrave in the lineup. Gerald this should Ever- even be a question. You're right. Gerald Everett is the Derek Carr of the Los Angeles Chargers. And what I mean by that is every time they get to the red zone, they not only do not focus on him, he gets taken out of the game. Like it is Parham and Taysom Hill's world inside the 20. I am with you 100%. On this it's probably what, it's right. probably what the receiver was doing. Somebody said that about Carr and he, his quarterback, he's knocking out those windows. I think this is this next one is interesting um, with what we talked about earlier. Kevin in Philadelphia, do I dare sit CJ Stroud in place of Brock Purdy this Sunday? Love the show. That is Kevin in Philadelphia. This is interesting, Farrell, because C.J. Stroud is coming off a rookie record-setting performance this past week. Nearly 500 yards passing. Was it four or five touchdowns that he threw this past week? Five touchdowns. And then you have Brock Purdy, who's coming in to take on the Jaguars on the road, but he does get Debo Samuel back this week. McCaffrey's healthy. Ayuk's healthy. Kittle's healthy. The weapons are all there. Stroud goes to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. I I'm I hate the hot hand theory, but I think I'm going to follow it here. I think it's Stroud over Purdy. Your thoughts? This is easy, Balkan. I'm so glad on this 10th day of November that you and I can agree about some one of these. Well, we agree on Musgrave, but yes. you know, in in Kentucky, it's not the hot hand. We say don't shoot the horse that won the race, and and Stroud won all races. And people had him on the bench last week, and they felt very, very foolish. And they don't want to feel foolish again. And that's a chaser game in that situation, even with those other players out. And you've got all these, you know, it's what what our what our great contributor tonight uh, in the chat, uh, you know, Noah Brown is Noah Brown. He's going to be again. And and it, yeah, uh, keep Stroud in your lineup. Get Stroud in your lineup. And and now look. This 49er team is coming out of a bye. They needed to come out of a bye and regroup. What is Samuel's situation? Debo Samuel uh, had that hairline fracture in his shoulder. Mm -hmm. He's been a full participant in practice this week. He says he's good to go. I don't even believe he was listed on the injury report. Okay, because this is a much different team when Samuel's on the field, and Purdy is a much different quarterback. But he's still not going to throw five touchdowns. The superstar of this team is – McCaffrey is is McCaffrey on the field last time out Boggy on the field for 98% of the snaps. It's a situation where the superstar of this Houston Texas team, he's got a lot of great elements, he's got a lot of great pieces around him and the team likes playing for him, but the superstar is the quarterback. Put him in, he's going to make your points. Um I, I'm glad we agree on that for sure and God got be with CJ Stroud in everybody's lineup this week and for sure uh, Farrell Elliott, God be with you and all your FFPC lineups. I'm hoping oh. my KFFSC lineups can perform just as well as your squads will this weekend. 
We will continue to uh, check out the Kentucky Fantasy Football State Championship at KFFSC.com. We will do this show again one week from today, 10 p.m. Eastern. Thank you, sir. We will talk with you then. Farrell Elliott, ladies and gentlemen, the definitive commissioner of fantasy football at KFFSC official on the X machine. And, of course, KFFSC.com is where you want to go for everything uh, your fantasy football heart desires. I want to thank Farrell Elliott, Peter Puzzo, Paul Tetsera, uh, the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you for hanging out, watching us on the stream tonight or downloading us and streaming us from wherever if you're listening to the audio-only version. We will be back, as I said, with Farrell next Friday at 10 o'clock Eastern. The third-place team manager in the Fantasy Pros Championship, Joe Holmes, will hop aboard to, uh, to dispense some knowledge on us getting his team ready for the championship round of the Fantasy Pros Championship, trying to win a $1 million grand prize. In case you missed the road of his high-stakes lowdown, Mark Davidson joined me. He is a team owner of a top 40 team in the Fantasy Pros Championship. Uh, That was on this past Tuesday. You can watch it on any of the FFPC socials. In case you missed it, we will be back at 10 o'clock this uh, Tuesday evening with Bill Wonky, the ninth-place team owner in the FFPC main event. In case you missed last night's uh, high-stakes fantasy football show on the Better Sports Network, you can check it out on the BSN socials as well as the FFPC socials. Four for fours, John Daigle joined me. Uh, Really spirited discussion. Two hours of greatness uh, from him. Uh, A little bit of subpar goodness from me, but nothing but greatness from John Daigle on the show. That was great. And then this coming Thursday from 7 until 9, leading into Thursday night football, Theo Greminger, longtime FFPC player and one of the head honchos over at the GOAT District and Player Profiler, will join me for uh, those two hours as well. Uh, Go to myffpc.com to play in the FFPC Weekly Challenge. No draft, no salary cap. Just choose the 10 or 12 players that you want to roll with prior to Sunday's kickoff, depending upon if you want to play with kickers or defenses or not. Uh, And then just watch them pile up the points throughout the weekend's games. You can win as much as $2,500. You can enter for as little as $35. Remember to like this video, subscribe to the channel, uh, comment on this video, share this uh, uh, channel and video and stream with your friends and enemies and get notified by clicking that notification bell. So every time we go live, you're going to have the opportunity to watch us live and get a leg up on your high stakes FFPC competition. Thanks for watching, everybody. Really appreciate you. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. It was broadcast live and was watched around the world. Balky and Farrell will be back next week with more analysis, more interviews, and more advice from guests much smarter than they are. Thanks for watching, and we'll talk with you again next week. I said I'd mention this before we ended the show, and I will. Um, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time kickoff from Frankfurt, Germany, Colts and Patriots. They will not be eligible to be picked up in that 10 o'clock Sunday waiver wire run, so don't bother submitting bids for them because you cannot get them until Wednesday. So make sure your lineup is in tip-top shape Saturday night. If it's not, you still have the opportunity to pick up some players before that 10 a.m. Eastern time Sunday morning waiver run. MyFFPC.com is where to go for the weekly challenge. Thanks for watching, everybody. Talk with you again on Tuesday night, or if you just watched this show, talk with you again on Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern.